That was probably the weakest clap that I've ever done. Do we want to do another one? It is one noticeable then? for me, no, so it's fine. It picked up, sure. but it was like, ugh. <laughs> I, I I didn't see it on Discord for what it's worth, but I, I believe that you did it. No, I did do it, but oh god. Low yeah. effort clapping. Yeah, effort it's clapping. like it's like it's like I started strong and then halfway through my arms just they turn into noodle arms and they just kind of slapped against <laughs> each other. Halfway through? How big was your clap? Like, you know, my my my, my hands moved ten centimeters. You like yeah, no, I, I put my arms into it and everything, but it, they kind of just fumble. I'm so sad we don't have video while we record this. I really want to see the noodle arm clap now. <laughs> but you know what is also great? Uh Coming back to another episode of this Halcyon Frequency podcast. This is episode 11. I didn't update that in the doc. It still says 10 for me. This is episode 11, airing March 27th, 2022. You know, it, we've been doing... This is the 11th episode of these, right? And we've... So we, we've been doing this for a little bit now. I've only just, like, rattled into my brain that it's 2022 and not 2021 anymore. Uh, 2D Kiri is also here. Hello. Yes. Hello. Hi. It's it's been a it's been a long week for me. I don't even know what day it is. FG, how are you? I, I'm I'm great, but I'm also tired because it's it's been a long week. It's been a good, really good, but very long week. Well, I don't think I introduced myself, so I'm blind, <laughs> and um, we've got uh, I, I guess at the top here uh, an announcement to make. I think um, because this other guy's here. Hi, Arch. Oh, hello. Hi. How are you? I'm well. I'm well. How are all of you? I, well, <laughs> it's been a week, but yeah, uh, it's been a week exactly. <laughs> so, Arch is here, and now the the question is, why is Arch here? Um, but Arch wonders that too sometimes. <laughs> we we we've had some questions recently about us recruiting, and um, well, we did that. So I guess uh, just at the top here, we should just say, uh, "Welcome to Halcyon Frequency." Halcyon <laughs> Frequency Arch, who are you? And tell us a little bit about you for people who may not know you. Well, thank you for the welcome as well. Um, my name is Arch. Uh, I play stuff under the Twitch handle Arch Play Stuff. Nice and original. Um, been a streamer for a little over two years. Um, yeah, I'm Australian, living in New Zealand. And so both uh, both countries consider me an outsider. And uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Pleasure to we be here. We finally made it to the point where we have somebody in almost every single part of the world. We're we getting closer at least, yeah. In like the African continent, and we're like pretty much spanning everywhere. Let's, we're covering Let's somebody to Japan. Yeah, we're, we're covering a crap ton of time zones, that's for sure. Yeah, yeah. it's pretty cool. It's kind of amazing, but also like kind of a problem for organizing things. But, you know, <laughs> it makes it tricky to schedule anything. Yeah. Hey, we, we we got four of us here. That's half of the team. I think that's pretty pretty well done. Like on all parts. It is pretty well done. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. Yeah. Yeah. So. And only like fifteen minutes of uh, one of us being late. Oh, that's fine. Coffee's important. No, it's right? not. <laughs> no. It's definitely important. Tea is better. It's it's so important. I could probably talk an entire podcast worth about my love of coffee and, and coffee in general because 
I became a coffee snob uh, in my late 20s and now continue to be one and quite enjoy being one. What was the cause of your coffee snobbery? Uh, I got an espresso machine for my birthday and I never really had coffee beforehand. But you see, I used to drink a lot of Coke and so I wanted to get off that and then I... uh, birthday present was an espresso machine and i fell in love with the ritual of it i fell in love with the flavor of it there's not one aspect of coffee that i don't love coffee started off as a necessity for me when i started working night shift like i would drink coffee occasionally before then but like i for a while there i worked ridiculously early mornings and I, i started drinking coffee around that point but when I started working night shift, it became a necessity and it was almost as full of sugar as it was full of coffee back then. And after a while, I was like, this is really bad for my teeth. Like my teeth were just hurting all the time. So I just kind of slowly over about two years weaned myself off of all of the sugar. And I've just every year I go a little further into the coffee hole to the point where now I have a bunch of I have a pH measurement kit uh, to check the pH of my water before I brew coffee. Oh, yes. I love okay. that. <laughs> I've been looking into adding minerals to my water to get a better extraction percentage. What about just drinking really good water instead? Well, because I live in a city. Um, if, if where, where I grew up, the the water was like really, 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 really good. So I, I didn't need to, because we had well water, so I didn't need to add anything. But because the water's a little bit harder over here, I have to soften the water a bit. It's kind of a problem. You don't get as okay, good an extraction, enough. you get a bitterer fa- flavor profile, and it's just, like, I was so spoiled on the water where I grew up, because, like, we had just, we had our own well, and it was, like, basically spring water, right? But when you're in a city, like, you get things like chlorine, you get, um, like, uh, stuff to, that you, it has to go through a purification process, and, like, it just kind of, it, it just doesn't extract the coffee as well. I, I don't know the science, and I'm not that good at that side of it, but, like, it just... Doesn't taste as good. Yeah, same here. Yeah. U- UK water is so no, no, incredibly hard. It's ridiculous. Like some in, in certain places, when you when you just you just open the tap and you just fill a glass of water, it is not see through. It's gonna be white, not like milk white, but it's gonna be like milky, watery water because yeah, like it's cloudy. so hard. And what happen here if you fill so a gross. glass with hot water? Mm. Cold water, not so much, though. Well, the hot yeah. water's just the bubbles in it, isn't it? Uh, the harder the water, though, if it's hotter, um, it shows more. Yeah, it shows a lot more. Oh, my mind is just blown. It turns out I have the same sort of water here, then. Wouldn't surprise me, because, like, <laughs> looking at the geology... Like, just, like, imagining the geology of New Zealand, it kind of makes sense that it would also be hard, yeah. Yeah. Time to Google, is the water in New Zealand hard? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm just... I'm hitting this puddle, and it seems kind of soft. It's not hurting. Yeah. <laughs> is the water hard, or is it still winter? We don't know. <laughs> oh, apparently... Apparently, New Zealand water is comparatively soft, actually. Says the cat. Canadian water generally is quite soft. I'm just spoiled with extremely Mm. good water normally. Yeah, Um, I will. I will say that I grew up on rainwater, 
Um, we had a rainwater tank and yeah, once you move to somewhere that's got like, you know, um, water mains and such, it's always going to be slightly more different because you're just not used to the chemical treatment. For a good while, when I first moved into the city after living in the area that I grew up, I basically just drank tea or coffee because I didn't want to drink the water here because it, it just there was something mm. about it until I got a purification kit. Like I, I just didn't drink the water. It's like the water here is fine. Like uh, comparatively, like but versus Vancouver in the UK or like uh, any places that are very dense or places that are not like on the coast. Um, we have really good water here, even in the cities, but I'm just, I'm just spoiled. I mean, the water here is also <laughs> like, it's fine and safe to drink and there's no issues with it. It's just really hard. Um, and where, where I grew up, the water was actually really nice. Like um, we had really good water filtration, like just natural water filtration. So it was just like naturally filtered water. And that's not super, super um, hard. And like actually very soft and like just really tasty, but the water here is just is really kind of almost gross to just drink it straight up because it's just so full of blah. So that explains <laughs> the tea addiction. Yes. Somewhat. <laughs> well, that, that also caffeine. Also caffeine. I mean, what 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 kind of tea is your preference? I actually don't know this, FG. Oh, so when you talk to a British person about tea, it's always black tea. That they're talking about. Yeah, but about. there's like 50 different kinds of black tea. Yes. I drink <laughs> just like all of the other pretentious content creators out there, Yorkshire Gold. Because <laughs> it works really well with the hard water. Mm. Like it's it's kind of like is, red rose out here. Yeah, it's it's a tea for hot water, but it has a really nice flavor profile. Um, and it just, then with, together with British milk, because British milk is actually really nice like if you get like the actual like whole milk it's really nice so that together is like the british taste of tea for me which is not for everybody it's like not everybody's <laughs> literal cup of tea <laughs> yeah exactly but but i quite like it also i never drink my tea sweet nor nor my hot coffee when it's like an iced coffee though then it basically can't be sweet enough I can't stand anything sweet in coffee. For for me, it's like if it if it needs sugar, it's bad coffee. And I'll I'll drink sweet coffee if that's my only option. But if it's sweet, it's not good coffee. See, for me, sweet. I think the sweet comes from like going to like ice cream parlors, which mm. usually are run by Italians in in Germany, or at least they're they're like Italian ice cream parlors. And they often do something called either an ice cream coffee or an ice cream, like, chocolate milk type stuff. So you have, like, chocolate milk, but also ice cream in it, or a coffee and also ice cream in it. So it's cold and sweet. And that's, I think, that's where that comes from. But hot... So you associate cold beverages with desserts? Yes. 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 Okay. Like, I can see like that. Like, a cold, cold coffee, like, a, like an iced coffee, is definitely a treat, not something I drink, like, regularly as like just a way to deliver caffeine <laughs> yeah, the pro that and that's like also the problem that i have with tea is ca tea just doesn't have enough caffeine unless it's like mm. matcha but the majority of black teas just i if i if if i wake up in the morning and i have a cup of like caffeinated earl grey that's not enough to subside mm. my caffeine headache 
Yeah. You know you know what you need? You need to make to you need to hand make or you make yourself like chai tea. Like of everything that I've ever drunk that has contained caffeine, be it uh, tea or coffee or even an energy drink, like when it was like really bad, like like before an exam and you couldn't sleep the entire night away and you were so tired that you were falling asleep on the train so you had to drink something that had caffeine in it because otherwise you would have just fallen asleep and i don't know like chai tea literally like homemade proper chai tea literally kept me awake for like 36 hours with the jig with the with like the you know with the shakes and then that it took it like university and then it took <laughs> like another 24 hours for that to even go away like because the way you do it is you put hot water on the stove and then you put like just a, not, not even that much, like 400 milliliters, 300 milliliters of hot water, but you dump in a whole bunch of black tea bags, boil it, then you throw in all the spices that you need and then you take all of that out. And then that, that particular mixture of the spices and the caffeine did just something to my body. Like, whoa. <laughs> My, Ridiculous. my uncle makes his own homemade chai tea. He like dries all the spices and everything too. He'll like go to the market in the summer and just bulk buy tons of ingredients and then he'll dehydrate mm. them all and make his own tea mixes. So sometimes when I go over there, I'm like, can you give me like a couple t small tea bags of tea mix? Mm. No, no, this is this is not a tea bag though. Like they're not a, not a mix. Like you, you just put it all together in like a bit, big stove pot and you boil it yep. for like several minutes and yeah you get every single drop of like whatever is in all of those spices and the caffeine in it and then you just um you obviously sweeten it and then you you know pour you fill it up with milk but like that makes sure wow <laughs> really tasty but wowzers <laughs> yeah i just i get them to put it into tea bags because then i have like a portable amount and then mm. i put them into um my tiny little boiling kettle because I have two kettles. I've got my big kettle, which I use for coffee, and then I have a little boiling kettle, which you can put a tea bag in, put that on mm. the stove. So I just put it in. The, I just dump the whole thing into that and put it on the stove. I see. Give it a well, good boil. Well, this is now the Halcyon Frequency Tea or the Halcyon Frequent Tea. Thanks for listening. <laughs> this is now um, a podcast about tea. It's, it's all very fascinating. I don't drink coffee. I only drink tea when I'm ill. <laughs> mm -hmm. Kiri, I feel just... like I'm the wrong podcast right now. Yeah, Kiri's so... sitting like in the corner. She has like a little flag that just says water, and she's like waving by like water. <laughs> yeah. This is the, the 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 obligatory segment that we just have to start doing so that we'll finally get FG that tea sponsorship she's been wanting. Dude, like please, somebody, <laughs> somebody, please. Come on, Lancaster Gold. It's Oh, did you do that on put purpose? Put up the big bucks, guys. <laughs> <laughs> well, to be fair, they they don't actually sponsor anybody. But hey, I I could be convinced to change my tea affiliate chip if if somebody somebody please just reach out. There are 20s. dozens of us, I swear, dozens. <laughs> Looks like mm. me really, really, really wanting a coffee sponsorship, but I mean, there um, are some, but also. I just, I want to clarify, I have nothing against drinking water. It's just less interesting to talk about than tea and coffee. <laughs> you say that, I but then... I suppose so. We also spent like 
five minutes just talking about water, though. <laughs> yes, but, like, you're not going to, like, I mean, maybe you you could put it through a filter, but at that point, then it's water. Like, you're good to go. You, you, like, you, you, you put the water in the thing, you put it in the fridge, you either let it settle if it needs that, or you just put it through a filter, and then you're good, right? Mm. Right? <laughs> yeah, but, okay, question, do you drink water cold, room temperature, or slightly chilled? I drink water. It's I don't like it when it's room temperature. No, it's got to be room temp. It's got to be I don't care whatever happens. It won't be room temperature by the time Hey, so video games. Video games? Well, then we need to go to a break real quick. We do need to go to a break before we can talk about video games. So when we come back, we've all got some games to talk about. So we'll be right back after this short break. Hi there, podcast listeners. Whoa, Jess here. If you missed me on today's episode, never fear. Stop by on Twitch instead. You can find me at twitch.tv slash woe underscore Jess, Monday through Thursday at 10 a.m. Mountain Time. Please enjoy the rest of this episode, and thank you for listening. Hello, everybody, and welcome back. I hope that you enjoyed that little break. Uh, once again, this is the Halcyon Frequency Podcast. I'm blind. I'm hosting. I'm joined by 2D Kiri. Arch plays stuff and FG squared, and uh, FG wants to talk about. I'm just gonna guess Rune Factory Five. Yes, I'm gonna talk video games and Rune Factory Five. Um, so Rune Factory Five came out in Japan last year. In America, on the 22nd of March this year, and in Europe today, the 25th, because. Japanese video game. It's yes. so odd. Yes. It's, yeah. It what happened. year is it? Jeez. <laughs> yeah, right? I mean, to be fair, th- there were some legit reasons in a way. Um, they they added some stuff to the Western, I'm going to call it in, 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 you know, Western release, like North American, European release, like the ability to romance whoever you like of the romanceable partners and that sort of stuff. Um but yeah, it was a very staggered release, and I know people were waiting for five for a very, very long time because there hasn't been an entry in the series in like ten years. And this is, yeah. this is for for the, for, the, for those who don't know, this is like the OG life sim. So basically, because what happened is Harvest Moon came out, and then the same devs were like, "Rune Factory, which is Harvest Moon, but with fantasy and dungeon crawling." So it's like one of the OG games, and now there's finally another one. Um, I spent I spent so long waiting for Rune Factory 5 I forgot that I was Yeah, pretty much. I just looked it up. Same. The last Rune Factory I played was Rune Factory 3. Yeah. On the 3DS. Is that yep. the one with the dragon? Same. I remember lots mm. of fantasy things. No, <laughs> the the big dragon. the big dragon you mean Venti that was 4. Oh, okay. So yeah, please. Yeah, but that was that was also a bajillion years ago. There was a re-release, a remaster for Switch. Or special that also came out on Steam last year in December. Um, but yeah, this is this is a new entry in the series, and um, they switched away from 2D top down, like from top down graphics to 3D. And no. yeah, I know. Though to be fair, it, it is. I think you could theoretically play it because it's like over the shoulder, far away from the character. It's almost an MMO perspective. 
It, it will it. work, yeah. Yeah, you, you could possibly play it. But the problem is, with that, um, not only are the graphics, they look they look very outdated. Like, they look... Thank they you, look, someone said it. <laughs> they look old. Like, like, don't get me wrong. Like, I love the game. It's Rune Factory. It's just whatever I... Like, everything I wanted for another Rune Factory game. I, I, lo I love it for the gameplay, but the graphics... <sighs> no. Like... Even their Story of Seasons game that came out last year, uh, um, Pioneers of Olive Town, looked better. And even that was already a little bit outdated. But but this, ooh, really really rough. And um, that's not even that's not even the worst. I could forget that, forgive that because I I play you know indie games that sometimes look, you know, like sometimes they deliberately they look old or they don't. But like I I don't really care about that so much. What what is the problem? Is the frame right? Not only is it is it locked to thirty. So this is it's a Oof. Switch exclusive right now, right? Yes, and the prop the prop the, the problem is the frame rate. The frame rate is the problem because it's locked to thirty, but you don't ever even hit thirty. That's the problem. It's so framey, and you drop frames, and then sometimes when you when you have a full full farm plot, which is not even that many spots, it's like a hundred and let's say twenty plants when you load in it takes a solid 10 seconds for everything to load in so you load into That's the farm horrible. it's completely empty then the farm plots appear then they change color to be in there that they're watered and then the plants will appear it's so bad like oh it could it could have been so good but oh is this an issue of the switch showing its age or is this just an issue of kind of development of the game because like it it did release game. a year ago in japan it's the game yeah it, it released a year ago in japan it had the same issues and people were hoping that they would fix it in the meantime but they did not because the thing is um the story of seasons had the same issue as well at the start uh mostly and that was the game as well and that that game for some reason they were able to fix within three days and then after that it was completely fine but this game it just runs it has like adaptive resolution type stuff but even that doesn't help with the frame rate it just makes everything else look bad <laughs> is oh i'm so i'm so saddened like i i streamed it for three days straight but i i had to stop because if just I, I just don't think people enjoy watching it because it's so framey and i like Oh, I I love the gameplay and I love the gameplay loop and I haven't even made it out of spring yet, but it's it's just so oh, hard to handle and to play and to look at. And I'm so yeah, sad. That's, that's disappointing you, because it I've is, been yes. looking forward to it for a while. Yeah. And, Are you and, gonna continue it then? Not for streaming, but for yourself or probably, is it so bad that you can't? Okay. No, I, I will probably. I, I keep. I'll, I'll maybe wait a little bit and hope that they'll put out a patch. I will probably keep playing it. Um, some people have said that for them it was a bit better um, when playing in handheld mode. But like okay. I don't know. I haven't tried that yet. But yeah, it's just ugh. And you know, because with that, I think so. Like, oh, why did they have to switch to 3D if they were struggling with the engine so much? Why not just keep it top down, 2D pixel art? Because like, they, that that could have totally worked. 
And it's just so sad because it could have been so good. Maybe we'll get a PC port in a few years that'll make the frame rate hit 35. Yeah, you know what the funny thing <laughs> is? People people are already playing it on Switch emulators on the PC. I was, was going to ask that next. It's like, have they fixed it in emulation yet? Yes, and it runs on solid 60 on that one. I want to see somebody so sad. running... I want to see somebody running it on a Steam Deck. Yeah, it's so sad. The thing is, though, because, um, you know, they have released um, Friends of Mineral Town on Steam and Story of Seasons, um, Pioneers of Olive Town also got a Steam release eight-ish month after the Switch release. So there is a... I, no, nothing's been confirmed yet. I don't want to start a rumor mill or anything like that. But... I would say it's safe to assume that this will also come out on PC eventually. And I would, unless somebody really, 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 really wants to play it now, I would probably just suggest waiting and seeing if the, the PC port maybe can get through the frame rate issues. Or buy it and then, and then emulate it if you feel bad about emulating uh, without buying a game. Which is also illegal, so buy the game, then emulate it if you really want to play it now. <laughs> Commit crimes. Screw capitalism. Uh, Kiri, <laughs> do, do you want to talk to me about Odd Realm? Yeah, absolutely. So, I don't know, a couple podcast episodes ago, Blind mentioned Odd Realm, and then last week we had the developer as a guest for an interview, and I, I finally checked it out, and I'm so happy I did. It's been sitting in my library for years probably but i never touched it until blind mentioned that there was a huge update and basically encouraged everybody ch to check it out so i did it's really fun i have to say it has a steep learning curve or especially for me because i haven't played any games yet with a set level so i really struggled with building something be that i don't know something that i wanted to have on the ground like an object or a wall or a roof on the proper level but eventually I got the hang of it and it's, it's really good. I enjoy it. Sometimes it's a bit difficult to distinguish just pixels, what you see really. But I like it so far. It's really fun. Odd Realm has always kind of had the issue of like, what sea level am I building on? <laughs> um, but like with with this update, he the, the developer did add in or Waylon added in a few features. Like if you hold down alt, it makes all of the other yeah. levels go uh, opaque, black and white. Um, so when, when you're highlighting a particular level, it's way clearer as to what you're building on. But I, I think Odd Realm has always kind of suffered from visual clarity issues, which is the ex ironically the exact same issues that Dwarf Fortress suffers with when you use a tile set because it's just difficult to kind of differentiate from layer to layer because that top-down perspective is so unique. There are literally two games I know of in existence that have that perspective, and it's Dwarf Fortress and Odd Realm. Mm -hmm. And it's outside of a few, like, single-player roguelikes that also have that perspective. It like, But with that, you're just controlling a single at symbol, so it's a lot less ridiculous, I guess, when you're trying to... Um, build things like Angband has had that system, and that that's been around since the '90s. And like, there, there's there's a number of examples of older games that have that, but it's just the two games that kind of have the colony management plus the Z levels. But um, I'm glad glad that you're enjoying it. I I mean, it is definitely not an easy game to learn. <laughs> yeah, I noticed that. 
But I played about, I don't know, I'm going to say 15 hours now, actually not sure, but a couple of streams. And every time I play, I learn something else or I realize, oh, wait, I've done that wrong because this is actually not working. I have to do it differently. Mm-hmm. And it's been really good. I'm enjoying it a lot. Have you I, found any bosses out of curiosity? No, there are bosses. You start digging. Okay. Well, I found some some kind of creature that just attacked me while I was digging, or like a couple of creatures. Mm-hmm. Um, I I dug a bit, not too far, but we kind of spawned several Balrog, just I don't know creatures. Um, no bosses. Interesting. Interesting. If there are bosses, I need to dig deeper. There are some reoccurring characters. I I, I won't spoil things, but there are, there are some reoccurring characters in Odd Realm that may or may not be on your map that are found as you dig deeper. Um, okay. Some of them are malevolent. Some of them are friendly. Some of them are just there. <laughs> um, and they all kind of have different purposes. But they're, 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 it's kind of like, because the actual structure of Odd Realm, like, um, which Waylon has talked about a lot, then this is kind of the less developed portion of the game right now, is the whole notion of summoning bosses and um, discovering the characters who live underground because it's supposed to be a, a world that's like been cala- like gone through a calamity and you're coming out of the dark ages, right? Kind of like that fantasy trope. And there are some really neat things underground, but you might need to found a new town. If you go back out to the overworld, you can select anywhere on the map and found a new town yeah. and go to a new location, um, which you you do keep all of your... Um, your uh, progression progress for that faction that you were playing. So if you're playing humans and you go somewhere else, you'll still have your whole tech tree so you can progress way quicker, um, even though you have a new set of people. But um, so, so you might need to move to a lo- new location to find certain things, but th- there are cool things underground when you start digging in Odd Realm. That's good to know. I haven't dug too much because I was mostly focused on what I can do on ground floor and higher. Like I made an apartment building, for example, with lots of mm-hmm. just little rooms, just going high up because I found that very fascinating. Yeah. You're building but, the wrong but yeah. way. But <laughs> Apparently you've got to go nice. down. <laughs> Apparently, <laughs> yes. Cool, yeah, I've, I've got to do that. I've made it to the point in my current playthrough where I actually have kind of a lot of money um, because there's like a point when you, st- especially when you start digging down and you start finding the more valuable resources, the traders show up with way more money to spend, uh, so that they can buy your more valuable gear. And ah. so I kind of have a lot of money and I, the scaling of the invasions is definitely tied to the amount of money you have sitting in your vault. Cause you can make a stockpile and assign it as a vault where yeah, they just yeah. put all the money, which is real fun. Just having like a room that's just piles and piles of gold. Um, but I'm at the point now where I get attacked like two to three times a season with like 15 guys and they just, they come in from all angles. It's kind of neat watching them climb over the walls and stuff. It's fun. Yeah. So now I know I've got so much to do still. It's, it's a pretty dense game for what it is, but yeah, but I'm, I'm enjoying it a lot. So thank you again for the recommendation. I'm glad. Uh, Arch, do you want to talk about uh, this little indie game, uh, Stardew Valley, I think it's called? Yeah, yeah, I'm back in a Stardew Valley kick. What what brought uh, you back? What brought me back was a desire to play Stardew Valley. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) 
I I go through it every now and again, you know, you're playing any game and any game that's got like farming in it, you instantly start connecting it to old games you've played as well, you know, and um, I was playing uh, a range of a range of games and just got this real, no, I want to go back to building a farm. And so I checked out Stardew Valley and I got the uh stardew valley expanded mod pack which is absolutely great it's so big has so much more stuff and started playing on that and decided to play it on stream and then i received about three or four different recommendations for uh ridgeside valley and then um east scar and so i my my playing has gone from like a tiny little like Stardew Valley to so many expansions that there's just so many people and I have no clue where everything is. And it's like a brand new game again. That sounds really cool. That's it really I know is. Gone. Yeah, no, sorry. No. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, I've played lots and lots of Stardew and it was actually the first game I streamed and I hunted for achievements then. But, but I also dabble into mods and it's amazing what you can do with those mods. Like it, it, you just play a completely different game. It, it's just absolutely amazing how much that game has in both vanilla content and the modding community. You know, um, I always get blown away by the fact that one person made it and then when you start playing and then there's the mods like um i'm not sure if anyone here has played uh stardew valley expanded that mod nope oh my god you need to it adds new npcs new events new locations new crops new everything and <laughs> it is just so much more like there is there's an entire quest line in regards to the Junimo and you learn more about them. There's a quest line regarding like the wizard and the, uh, the fighters guild that you learn more about that. And I'm pretty sure you at, like, you actually can now go to the city that they talk to, they talk about. I've not gotten there yet, but <laughs> you know, there's, there's just so much more added. And, um, it's absolutely incredible because it, it really does carry that feeling of I need to explore this all over again. That's nice. Oh, sounds pretty good, yeah. Might the, save the, it up for a time when there's not much <laughs> stuff coming out. You know, like yeah. when it's like a drought of games. The biggest problem you get is when people come in and they're like, I bought this game on Switch. Or I bought this game on Xbox and you're like, oh, you can get it on PC too. And then you can have all the mods as well. Yeah, I, I, I had that one out because I actually bought Stardew when it first came out. Because I like am an OG Harvest Moon and Rune Factory person. So I was like, mm -hmm. oh my goodness, yes. Never got into it really. And I never, yeah, I, I didn't get into it at all. And then last year... Um, when 1.5 came out, I, uh, I streamed it and I had a fantastic time and we played basically through everything that there was to do, uh, including obviously the new content on the island and whatnot. 
and I had a had a freaking blast. But before that, I could never really get into it. It was really weird. But I had the same like this is just what reminded me uh, what that reminded me of um, when you when I was playing that and um, playing the new content. Yeah, and you got the people on console coming, and they were like. So when is 1.5 coming to console? And I'm like, oh no, I'm sorry. <laughs> feels bad. Yeah, feels really bad. See, for me, Stardew was that game that you remember was in development every couple of months. And, you know, six months and you'd be like, that's right, this guy was making a PC version of Harvest Moon. And you'd go load it up, go to the website, and there'd be a few updates of, you know, like oh, here's what I've been doing. And you're like, oh, that's cool. And so I'd just go on from that. And then um, I recall making a few friends and I was like, you know, we were chatting on Discord and I'm like, oh yeah, what's everyone up to? And one of them's like, oh, I'm playing Stardew Valley. And I'm like, wait, isn't that that game? And she was like, yeah, do you want to watch? And she ended up streaming it to me on, um, on Steam. And I'm watching it going oh my god, this is Harvest Moon. This is, this is not, it's not just Harvest Moon, it's Harvest Moon <laughs> on the SNES, which was mm. the best Harvest Moon before it went to uh, 3D. Or I will argue, I will also accept the argument that Harvest Moon DS is potentially the best due to the addition of Harvest Sprites, but 2D Harvest Moon beats any other Harvest Moon. Agreed. I only played the one for Game Boy Color. It was a 2D one, but I don't know what else it was called. If it was Harvest Moon or had a subtitle, I'm not sure. I think I know of that one. Uh, I played that one uh, retrospectively. In other words, Mm -hmm. uh, only a couple of years ago, I think I checked it out on an emulator. And I was like, nah, I I, compared compared to DS, there was there was no no comparison there but yeah so stardew valley has me like loving the farming again loving stardew valley again and and quite simply i've been looking forward to streaming it every every chance i get so you know it's kind of uh had multiple benefits for me that's always it's great when you have a game like that yeah where you can't wait to start the stream because you're enjoying it so much yeah yeah is it difficult for you not to play the game on your own then without streaming it? Or do you have a different save file maybe? I don't have a different save file because, you know, um, one thing about me is I have ADHD and that can lead to me basically hyper-focusing on something and then burning out on it quickly. So I'm actually rationing Stardew Valley for myself because I've had it happen with other games. Um been loving playing it on stream so much that i started playing it off stream and because i work from home i can pretty much always have a game open and you know so i ended up playing i end up playing so many hours on off stream by the time it comes to on stream you know my save files behind or I've, i've i've made all this progress so i kind of learned to if i'm enjoying streaming a game I leave it for streaming because otherwise I'll burn myself out on it. Yeah, all right, that makes sense. Feel that way as well. Yep, about same. games. I, it's ah. very rare that I will play a game off stream and then stream it. If if I'm playing a game off stream, it's like 
this is an off-stream game. <laughs> and it I have No, go ahead. Sorry. Uh, I've played some games on stream that you know haven't haven't certain sort of captured me on stream, but mm. off stream I've loved playing them. Um, the latest example that comes to mind is Eastward. Um, I was playing that on stream and it sort of was a struggle for me because there was so much dialogue and you're reading out the dialogue and all of that. Um, and so that on stream became a little bit much. And then I decided, no, this was going off stream and I've just loved it since. Eastward just looks like desktop background simulator to me. It's well of every really beautiful. Every single scene in that entire game could just be a desktop background by itself. I I called it Midwestern Dad Zelda. Because he, he's he's running around Dad Zelda. He's running around in like this Parker and this gruff look and hitting everything and it's just it's like feels very Zelda like, but also you know, you're a middle aged guy in a Parker. <laughs> I've never seen Zelda uh have that much dialogue though. Yeah, true. But but your character doesn't talk, so... True. Yeah, you are a silent <laughs> protag, I guess. I really but... want to play Eastwood at some point. It looks really cool. But yeah, those games are really hard to stream. I've had that as well with um, like non-voiced CRPGs. Yeah. It's so hard. I love CRPGs, but the text. Which um, is why, I... shout-outs again, Expeditions Rome was so amazing because it was fully voice-acted. Oh, I still yeah, need to that was play great. Disco Elysium for that reason because it's voice acted now. Yeah, yes. true. I had so much more fun with it. Like I tried playing it off stream before it was completely voice acted mm -hmm. and I just couldn't get into it. It was just so not boring because the game is really good, but I don't know. The it made it so I much have... better after it was voice acted. It's voice acted now? Yes. Like yes. Is I, I, I have a hard time differentiating in my head different voices, so everybody gets confused after a while, especially in games, because it'll give you like a portrait and tell you the person's name, whereas in like a book, if you're reading it, it's like, so-and-so said this, so-and-so said that. Yeah, Video yeah. games are never mm. written like that, right? Video games are like, it's this person, blunk, block, block of dialogue, 40 hours later. Who is that person again? Um, so I, voice acting in games like that is very helpful just for that reason. Okay, the one voice acting thing that throws me every time uh, Elder Scrolls Online has amazing quests and amazing voice acting, except it's also got the voice actor of Winnie the Pooh. <laughs> what? Yeah, the guy who does the voice for Winnie the Pooh also does voice acting within um, Elder Scrolls Online. And, it, and naturally, I mean, they've got so many NPCs, so many lines that, you know, any voice actor handles like a dozen or more... Um, characters so you'll be occasionally sitting there and you'll realize that the person you're talking to is winnie the pooh just gruffer and That's it so always funny. it always throws me because you know voice actors can ten tend to be able to put on a real uh, a real different voice and such he just sounds like winnie the pooh though you know what that reminds <laughs> me of it's the same because in germany they dub um every English movie and TV show and certain big actors will have a dedicated voice actor that does their voice 
But those voice actors can't just live off of dubbing, let's like, say, like Johnny Depp's movies or whatever. So they take other roles as well. And then you're just watching a show. And then suddenly it's like basically Johnny Depp's voice just coming in from like, this other random character. Like, it's completely different. And it's like, what? What? Yeah. <laughs> it's, just, it's so confusing. Oh, it's very strange. While this doesn't have anything to do with voice acting, um, Kiri and FG, can you two uh, talk to us about uh, Speedy Recovery Two Point Hospital? Sure, sure. So Speedy Recovery is the newest DLC for Two Point Hospital. It came out last week, and it adds a really cool mechanic. So it adds the usual: there are three new hospitals, there are a couple new illnesses and objects. It's really funny, more jokes, more funny radio lines, and everything. Um, but it also adds ambulances. So now you get to pick up uh, patients from the map and do that on time before they die and then treat them in the hospital. And I really liked the new mechanic. It was great. So I, I streamed it a couple of times and I now 100%ed the DLC. It was good. Nice. So I've, I've been working on that. I played it, I played it on stream for... Did I do two days or one day last week? I don't even remember. I think I don't even remember. I think I did only one day, and I've been but I've been playing it off stream as well because there were just so many other games that came out that I wanted to to get to. Um, and I agree with Kiri. It's probably mechanically speaking, um, if you were to only get one DLC for the game, I would suggest getting that because it actually adds new stuff to the game, like a new mechanic um, that's completely different from what um, is in the game so far. How how different is the mechanic? Like how how exactly does it play into the game loop? So you have a map, and there are different emergencies that you pop up, and you have to have ambulances as well as staff to either drive or fly those ambulances, um, and you assign which ambulance goes to which emergency, and then they go and pick up the patients and bring them to the hospital. And depending on how good of a diagnostician your like ambulance driver slash uh, pilot is, um, they already might come with a diagnosis, or they still need to go to the diagnosis through the diagnosis pro process, and then. So so, yeah, it's it's it it adds actually a new mechanic. It's really solid. Yeah, it's neat they're that they're continuing to develop that thing. It's surprising because um, Two Point Campus is coming out in two months. Yeah. Yeah. That's why I said it's neat. Like, it, it, I, I'm, I'm kind of curious as to who's doing the heavy lifting on those DLCs or if they were, like, finished a while ago. Maybe. Mm. I don't know. I was surprised. I was surprised that we got a DLC for Two Point Hospital so close to Two Point Campus release. Mm -hmm. Like, I yeah. assumed Two Point Hospital was done and finished. Actually. I have to admit. See, that. I've... I played Two Point Hospital and I could never get into it. I'm kind of in the same boat. Um, for me, I just kind of hit a wall where I think that this actually got changed, but I kind of hit a wall with the original game where it was like cloning the same room every time. And yeah, every new illness just required fun. a new room. You know, yeah. there was no managing or balancing. It was just okay. Now there's this illness. You need to have this room, and. I, I Go on, sorry. No, no, I was just about to say, and and, and that sort of uh, hit the point for me that the the gameplay loop wasn't overly satisfying there. I get it that. does get a bit repetitive, that. yeah, yeah. But with every DLC, they add something new. 
And especially with the speedy recovery one, I, I really enjoyed that change yeah. of pace. Because you have to kind, I mean, for the achievements, you have to be quick to get the patience and really... The achievements are not that easy to get in this DLC, yeah. I'd say. Yep. But also it changes the way you can play because the patients don't get a say in which hospital they go to. So you could just pick them up and they then they're in your hospital. So you could just increase the prices one plus 100%, make them pay so much. That will decrease your reputation, but reputation doesn't count anymore because, you know, they have to go where you bring them, basically. Oh, so it's the American, so, yeah, it's the American healthcare yeah. system. <laughs> yeah, so you can, it, it makes it easier because you will never struggle for money in that yep. DLC. It makes it a bit harder because you have to, actually only the achievements made it harder. Yeah, if you want to go for the achievements, you have to actually make sure that you like um, research all the upgrades for your vehicles and upgrade the vehicles and then you up have to train your drivers and that sort of stuff as well yeah. to get them. It just reminds me of, you know, playing the old um, Bullfrogs theme park where you would make maximum salt on the chips and then, you know, raise the prices of drinks so they had no choice but to buy your drinks. <laughs> I mean, that actually works in Perkatech like too, where you like yeah. you, you, you crank up the, the salt on the popcorn and then you crank up the sugar so that they, on the soft drinks, so that they run to the popcorn faster and then they go buy more soft drinks. And because you cranked up the sugar and sugar's cheap, they can move faster because they're all having sugar rushes. And so they run back and <laughs> forth just buying both of them on repeat. It's pretty great. Also, you say that. And then, I mean, um, theme, theme park, theme hospital, two-point hospital, same devs, same yep. people. It it is the same founding members, but yep. largely different studio. But well, yeah, of course, like cause, it's those you know, people. But it's those people. It's like the same ideas and people kind of living on in a way, which is cool. My favorite part about those games is just watching the trailers and seeing all the puns. Mm, yeah, there's it a lot is of puns. Full of puns. Yes. 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 Um, but uh, something that isn't full of puns i don't think is i keep reading it as planet coaster on here because i'm <laughs> sick but um fg uh do you want to talk about planet crafter yeah so planet crafter is a game that i played actually for the first time last year during one of the steam next fests um played the demo didn't play the demo for too long because i was like all right it was one of those games where you played the demo and you were like this is good i will play this when it comes out next demo right because you're trying to get through like lots of demos um, because the demo actually has literally over 10 hours of content to do in the demo, but, um, it's not, an er it's not our early access came out on the 24th. Um, it's by, uh, two developers. It's by, uh, Miju Games. It's by, they're, they're two developers from France. They're a couple apparently. And, um, they're just working on that game and, uh, Basically, the, the storyline is you are a convicted felon and it's corporate dystopia. So basically corporate, you know, the corporations are like, okay, you can sit in prison and rot or you can go to this barren wasteland of a planet and uh, terraform it. <clears throat> we'll give you a couple of tools. Uh, you will probably die as most planet crafters, but at least you're not in prison. And then you just land in this tiny little pod and you have to fend for yourself <laughs> and you work on terraforming the planet so there's 
resources scattered around and there's more resources coming with like meteors that crash into the surface of the planet because there's no atmosphere and that sort of stuff and you craft gather the resources and then you kind of like in a subnautica kind of way you have basically like a 3d printer like in subnautica that uses resources that you put into it and then you um start making like you know like o2 tanks and a better exoskeleton and all that sort of stuff and you start building machinery to like increase the heat of the atmosphere and drill into the planet to release like um greenhouse gases and that sort of stuff so it's a little bit like subnautica meets surviving mars terraforming aspect of it in particular but like survival crafty like it's 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 really fun and um Yes, it's early access, and you can tell, but there is a lot of content. Like, I've played 10 plus hours now of it, and I just got to the stage where I have tiny little lakes, not even lakes, puddles of water around. And that that's, there's like still so much more to do and stuff to look for there's also a mystery i'm not going to spoil the storyline because there's like ships that have been crashing on the planet for over 20 years attracted by a mysterious force so there's like there's like also a story it's not just like a sandboxy terraforming game um as well so I, it's really good i've been really enjoying it and it's yeah i'm excited to see where it goes i'm going to play more of it on monday because i i've been enjoying it so much I remember having this conversation with somebody when uh, Subnautica was just releasing from Early Access, saying, mm. I, and the conversation basically was just, can't wait to see what other games that are inspired by this start looking like. Mm. Because, you know, someone needs to make survival games for normal people and not people who just play Daisy. And mm. this looks like one of those. And that's really cool. Yeah, no, it's it's it definitely is. But it also has its own twist with the whole terraforming mechanic and you know you have to like increase the parameters and basically because it's uh, you know corporate dystopia um by increasing your param the parameters of the atmosphere uh they unlock new crafting recipes for you so if you're not doing your job you're basically not going to get any food and water and you're not going to get the recipes to to grow for example your own food so you're kind of forced to work on that sort of stuff so there's a little bit of that aspect happening as well and uh, it's it's been it's been really fun and uh, also, yeah, there have been some weird graphical glitches, like when you harvest resources and the resources kind of freak out a little bit. But besides that, solid frame frame rate, um, no crashes, no, you know, blue screens or anything like that, which is always also kind of important to talk about when you play early access games. Um, really solid and you can play a lot. Like you can, you can, there's a lot of content already in it. As I said, I'm over 10 hours in and... Yeah, nowhere not finished yet with what there is in terms of content and the game's like not even fourteen pounds at the moment, so already a really good price to play time ratio. It sounds really good. I know I can't play because I watched you play it as Yeah, no, it's definitely not a Kiri not game. Kiri friendly. <laughs> no. But it from what you say, it sounds really cool. It's really fun. It's it's a great it's a it's a really good game. For me personally to stream because you always have something to do but it's at the same time kind of so simplistic in a way that you can always very easily talk with chat and like just it's it's, it's one of those games which is really good 
I like those games a lot for streaming. All right, I'm going to dive in here and talk about Shattered Pixel Dungeon for a second. Um, What is that? This is an easy one for me to talk about for a couple of reasons. But if you go to Steam and you just type in Pixel Dungeon, uh, you'll find almost exactly the same game. Um, And you might wonder, why? Well, Pixel Dungeon is a open source uh, dungeon crawler that has been in existence for a while. Um, they, they, some of them are on PC, some of them are free, some of them are on, like, there's a few on Steam, including the original Pixel Dungeon. Um, but essentially it's like a a dungeon crawling engine, right? Shattered Pixel Dungeon is the most popular fork of that structure. Uh, Shattered Pixel Dungeon has been on phones for a number, for quite a long time. I'm not entirely sure how the monetization works on the phone version. I just know that it's free to play. Um, I think it's it's kind of a uh, like uh, unlocking classes and there's a, ads and a few other things in it. But um, I know that it has some format of microtransactions. I'm just not entirely sure how that side of it works. On Steam, they've just released Shattered, Shattered Pixel Dungeon, that fork, um, at, with a proper PC release because it's only been on phones up until now. And so essentially it's one of the most developed versions of this game. Uh, it looks a lot nicer than the original Pixel Dungeon. It plays a lot better than the original Pixel Dungeon. It has more animation. It's a lot more polished. Um, but structurally, it's just a very solid dungeon crawler. There are four playable classes. Uh, they're all relatively unique and play well enough. Um, it's got some neat mechanics uh, that are not immediately obvious, but it explains them quite well. As you're going down the through your first few runs through, you unlock pages of a journal, which basically just explain all of the most important mechanics to you. Um, some of the mechanics are a little bit obtuse, like there's a crafting system with an al- with alchemy tables that's that you might as well just open the wiki for because you're supposed to like discover that stuff by experimentation and finding um, the journal pages at the very end of the dungeon. But if you want to like play the game i recommend just opening up the wiki um i do have a few complaints though specifically with the pc version um there's some ui scaling weirdness where some of the elements are itty bitty and i don't know if that's just my monitor setup or if that's the game itself but um some of the text is like i literally like need to pull out a magnifying glass to read it um and i have the ui set to be the biggest possible so i would love like a double size ui option that'd be fantastic but aside from that it's pixel dungeon it plays like pixel dungeon it's cheap it's like 10 bucks and it's just a very solid albeit a little bit generic dungeon crawler and i will probably play more of it i'd like to get a win in it that's pixel dungeon cool dungeon crawlers are always fun like a fun like type of game to like just sink in a you know 10 15 hours get a run and then move on and think... if you want to try it, you can try it for free on your phone if you want to just get oh, yeah, an true. idea of what it's going to be yeah, like. Um, so if, if you're interested in trying it, just download it on your phone and putz through a dungeon for a little bit. And if that seems interesting to you, the PC version just seems like a better version of that. Awesome. Nice. So. It's like a demo just on your phone. Yeah. It's like a demo, yeah. except it tries to like get its hand into your wallet. Yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> also, also, it's on phone. I never play games on phone. Yeah. Me neither. No. Which is why this is mostly my first uh, experience with Shattered Pixel Dungeon because, mm. like, I've I, I've had it installed on my phone for like ages. I played it briefly when I was in hospital, um, mm. but it, it, I didn't stick with it. I ended up playing more of um, Sproggy Wood, which is another. Uh, dungeon crawler, which is also on PC and on phones by the creators of Caves of Cud, which I just ended up playing more on phones because it, it was a paid for game and didn't have like the 
the microtransaction stuff. So I, yeah. at a point, if I am going to play a game on phones, I'd rather just pay five dollars for a game and play it um, yeah. instead of the yeah. you know free to play absolutely issues. Um, which is why, like you know, I, I I will play this because it's it's on PC and I like dungeon crawlers, so I will play more. It's also, of it. it's also why I always get that um, Google Play Pass or whatever it is because. I don't play games on my phone often, but when I do, I don't want to see ads. I don't want to see microtransactions. Yeah. Mm. No, I feel, I feel I feel you there. Um, I I said that that was a quick one, so I'm gonna just leave it at that with Pixel Dungeon. But I do have another dungeon crawler to talk about real quick. Um, I've been playing the uh, various games from Seven Day RL 2022, uh, which is a game jam where you make a uh, a roguelike in seven days. Um, the more roguish, the better by that, like the more ASCII you can make it, the more turn-based you can make it, the more people will like it. Um, and I found one that I kind of think is a real gem. I found a few gems so far, but this one really stands out, which is the depths of greed, which takes the, it, first off, this game kind of has a lot of writing in it, which is surprising. Like the character details are kind of awesome. And, uh, like just examining everything is worth it and reading all the text because it's funny and well-written. Um, but the whole conceit is you are a merchant and your daughter is sick. And in order to cure your daughter, you have to get to the bottom of the dungeon to find the magic potion to cure your daughter. It's pretty simple fantasy tropes, but because you're a merchant, you don't have any skills with swinging a sword. You don't know magic, but what you do know is shrewd business tactics. So what you have to do is you, you go into this dungeon and you have to trade gold for bones from the goblins because the goblins want gold and all they have is bones from all these adventurers that keep on murdering. So you take the bones from them and then you go sell the bones to the ne- to the trolls who give you uh, gold back for, for selling them bones. And you get more gold and so you're making a profit now. But you can only trade with each character once so you have to use limited run abilities to trade with them a second time. And there's a bunch of different um, currencies in the game. There's gold, there's bones, there's uh, s- weapons, there's s- elixirs, there's souls, there's uh, artifacts, and then there's the potion at the bottom. And you have to buy the potion at the bottom from the final boss without going into debt. So because everybody buys and sells things at different amounts, if you buy too many bones from one guy and you accidentally go into debt with gold, then you find yourself running to the other end of the dungeon to find somebody who will buy something from you in exchange for gold. And you might have to use abilities like flash sale where suddenly you take less profits, but everybody wants to trade with you again, or you can offer a specific character, a special deal where you get plus 50%, um, profits from them but they want to trade with you twice so maybe you won't have enough to actually give them there, there's a lot of really neat little abilities they're all based around uh flash sales and um closing up shop uh which is like an aoe stun basically where you're like i'm not selling anything anymore and then they all stop following you for a bit you can banish people to a no floor there's a wand of go the heck away which is really funny um and just like a, a lot of neat little bits in there i mean it's very simple it's a game that was made in seven days and there's definitely like a a way to get through it um because from what i can tell like it's the same number of people spawn on each floor so it's just kind of a matter of figuring out who needs what but it's a really fun little game and i ended up putting a good couple of hours into it um and we'll probably play more off stream because it's it's actually like a really fun little economy puzzle in a dungeon and the writing is good so so there's no fighting at all it's really just trading it's just a trading game if um if everybody the, the, the conceit of it is, like, if you go into debt, right, then a timer starts ticking down based on how far into debt you are. 
So the more into debt your little dollar sign goes, the faster the timer ticks down. And when it hits zero, um, the, it's basically, it's game over, but it's game over because everybody got mad and mobbed you, basically. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so. I really like the idea. It's, it's a great, it's a great pitch. And I, 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 it's one of those, like every single time I, I cover the seven day RL, I always want there to, there's always a couple games that I, I go, man, I hope that they develop that more. And this is kind of the one that I played this year that I go, man, I, I really hope that this gets made into a game. Um, from a couple of years ago, Ponbarian is a game that is bouncing around Steam, which is was a seven-day RL, which was really popular, um, and a lot of people really liked, and they developed it into a full game. And um, I, I hope that this gets some more development time behind it because it's really neat. It, it sounds really sounds, good. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, like keep your expectations leveled. Like it's a bunch of letters that you're trading with, and like um, it has no sound effects and stuff like that. But like. Yeah, it's, the, it, it's I'm fun. behind the idea for sure. It's fun. So that's depths of greed. Um, FG, what 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 the heck is City Wars TD? <laughs> so uh, full disclosure, I did like a like a short sponsored segment for that today. So I did get money to play it, but so City Wars TD is an early access game, free to play, completely free to play, no microtransactions or anything in the game right now. Um, so you can just go to Steam, type in City Wars Tower Defense, and you can play it. Um, it's single player and multiplayer. We played multiplayer. And basically, it's, um, tower defense. So you build towers to hit enemies that come out of a gate and they try to get to your crystal and you need to prevent them from getting to your crystal and destroying the crystal. Simple tower defense stuff, right? But it is also, like, sort of a crafting, building, farming type game. So to build the towers, you you start off the basic version you build just with like currency that you have. But then to upgrade it, you need to start. Um, the first upgrade is basically a log. To get a log, you need to get, grab some branches and some stone. And then you need to build a crafting table. And then you grab some more and you, on the crafting table, you build a stone axe. And then with a stone axe, you can chop down a tree. So you get a log so you can upgrade your... Uh, can upgrade your tower that is shooting at your enemies um, while you're doing all this farming, harvesting, crafting. So it's sort of a tower defense, but on the side, it's voxel-based somewhat. It's not really, it doesn't, it's it's block-based like um, art as well. So it's, obviously people are going to say it's going to look like Minecraft. It doesn't look like Minecraft, but it's voxely like Minecraft in that regard uh, for certain things. But certain other th- certain things are not quite voxely. But the characters are the the terrain is voxely, but then um, like some of the, the the plants and whatnot are not. Uh, and then it just like the crafting and the gathering just gets more and more complicated. Basically, um, by beating a map, you unlock uh, you get unlock points that you can then spend, and then you get like a forge and a uh, spinning wheel so you can then make rope and with rope you can repair the coal pit and you need the coal to make you know metal in like to 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 forge stuff in in the forge and that sort of stuff and it gets just more and more complicated uh in terms of like the crafting and building and harvesting but at the same time it's also a tower defense game it's actually really clever like it was really fun to play um still as i said early access but it's free to play so just try it out and see if you like it, I I had fun playing with it in multiplayer. 
I love tower defense games. It sounds very interesting. Same. Same. It was really cool. And it's multiplayer too. Like you can just play with friends on Steam. The only, the the one thing that I didn't like, and that was mostly a streaming thing, is they have global chat and you can't turn global chat off. It's not so good for streaming. <laughs> no, no. Yeah, that can be risky. Yeah, yeah. That's sketchy. Yeah, so that's definitely something that they need to implement that you can just hide hide chat because uh, I don't want to I don't want to see those people's messages. <laughs> Thank you. But the gameplay itself is really solid, and I really enjoyed playing it. Like, you know, I mean, it, it's free. Like, as I said, it doesn't have any monetization at all yet. Um, the one that I think they're thinking about the most, uh, what they're talking about is just skins for your characters. Because you already have different classes. You have pirate, mage, uh, fighter, and one other thing that I currently can't think of. And you can already change like certain bits of their outfit, like just for free, like it's just in the game. Um, but yeah, they're just thinking of maybe monetizing it with uh, skins, which I think is completely fine. Absolutely. Interesting. Yeah, I was going to ask what they were planning on doing for uh, monetization because, like, completely free, no monetization is always a uh oh. What are you? It's 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 not monetization for, for now. Like they have a they have a Steam post up where they talk about that sort of stuff already. Because, um, yeah, it's it's more of a it's like basically a test right now to see like do people like it? What do they think? What do they want? You know, to like improve maybe and that sort of stuff and go from there. But hey, it's free and it's got multiplayer. <laughs> see, the thing is, is I can. I can see where you're coming from this blind. It's almost like, uh oh, what are they gonna what are they gonna fling on us? How are they gonna but ruin for, it? But for mm. me, it's like they do realize they need to be paid, right? Like <laughs> no, how are they, they gonna they feed themselves? You know? <laughs> no, one hundred percent. One hundred percent. As I said, they, they they do talk about it and they for example, and that's like their main like if you look at Steam, they're currently mostly positive and most people are complaining about the fact that on release, it was really laggy because uh, the servers that they had were not big enough for the people amount of, for the amount of people that played. Oh, surprise! Yeah, exactly. Like, I mean, that's kind of what happens to everybody, right? But um, time and time again, Taylor's old as time. Yeah, it is. But yeah, they have they have um, that. They also have like a, a Twitch integration thingy. Um, I didn't try Ooh. that, but there's like a Twitch integration thing and um it looks really interesting like i'm excited to see where where this goes and it ran pretty well as well the only thing like you can't you can't turn off um screen check at the moment which is meh but uh <laughs> yeah besides that it, it was it was fun like for what it is right now obviously it's currently not um you know it's nowhere finished and whatnot but it was yeah i i i had fun with it <laughs> kiri do you want to talk to us about lost ark or pokemon or both yeah but i i can do both because it's really just quickly those are games that i've been playing off stream mm -hmm. uh lost ark i'm almost level 50 so close and i'm very excited because people say that you kind of need to reach level 50 and then the game opens up and then you can actually do stuff and yeah because Lost Ark is supposed to be an MMO, but you can do everything on your own, and that's a bit sad. So I hope that once I hit that level 50, I can actually do stuff with other people, and it makes sense to do that as well. Yeah, now there's definitely lots of stuff opening up at that point. 
It's actually funny because I was playing through and I realized that I couldn't do everything I wanted until I hit 50. So I just powered through. I was like, bugger it. I'm going to power through. I'm going to hit 50 and then it's all going to open up and going to have some fun with it. And I hit 50 and it opened up and I was like, it's all so complicated. It is complicated, yeah. <laughs> it's a Korean yeah. MMO. It is a it's a Korean free to play MMO. Yeah, <laughs> that name. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm sitting there trying to work work out what engraving is, what faceting is, and like item levels, and I'm just like, yeah, yeah. I'm getting a bit confused here. I watch streams, and I know what you mean. Yeah. So you, you power through until level fifty. Do you? like are you continuing now or do you see everything that you have to do now and it's too complicated and you give up i've not logged in in a week (laughs) i went from playing daily to hitting 50 running around a little bit and being like okay but that that's kind of the thing for me once i realize the amount of time and the dailies and all of that you start having to put in um (laughs) (laughs) clearly the category is with you yeah (laughs) Like once once that happens with me, I'm like, nah, I'm gonna go because I'm not a fan of dailies in any game. Yeah, yeah. yeah I'm excited to see that. I I have to admit, I I kind of because I I've, I played Lost Ark off stream as well. I even streamed it for for a bounty once. Um, I I I made it all the way till I level full sixty. And and then I kind of just stopped. Like I don't know. I haven't I haven't felt the need to log in again since then. And now it's been since yeah, it's been almost a week. And the last time I logged in, the last two days I logged in was just to grab the daily login reward. So yeah, I mean, it's it's still doing real well. Uh, I mean, it mm. had what like one point three million players at launch. I mean, it's still got four hundred thousand. Like it's it's still. Oh, it, I feel it's, like it'll, it'll probably yeah. have itself again, and it'll yeah keep going. Yeah, stabilize. It also it's has a, a massive bot problem. Oh, really? Yeah. I guess there that's part this... of the problem with being an old game, right? Yeah, there is there is this um uh, video somebody posted in uh it's it's from the uh, Lost Dog Reddit. Uh, it's it's uh kind of mental <laughs> when you look at that video <laughs> how Audio many podcast that's gonna play real well <laughs> yeah i know i know I'll, but I'll, like I'll i just in the, in the link yeah the yeah link. I, i'll i'll chuck it i'll chuck it into into um the the document as well so people can check it up it's there's a lot of bots like a lot like you will you will like they, they, they implemented a fix where um you have to have a steam account that has spent money at least a dollar to play to be able to play Lost Ark. Um, that's helped a little bit because obviously these all would just make new like whenever a bot would got banned, they would just make a new Steam account and just make another bot um, to farm stuff. They've they've been trying to combat it, but it's it's still very 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 bad and it's like rampant, like absolutely rampant. Which is obviously brought on by the fact that it is it is a free to play Korean MMO, which means there's a lot of resources to grind for. And people hate grinding, and they just pay money for it, and then 
they get their their resources from those bots <laughs> never so. been tempted to do such a thing see i actually enjoy the grind but i think lost ark might have a bit too much for me personally well i i i, I chose the uh the female um martial artist and Same, the actually. grind's the grind's not so bad, but it feels really weird in the cutscenes where there's like, you know, all this stuff going down and I'm standing there in high heels and a corset and I'm just like, this is so Korean. Yeah, yeah, it is. It is. But what was that what I was wondering, um, Kiri, how did you like PvP? Because you said you tried some PvP the other day. Yeah, I did yesterday actually. Um so I do like PvP in MMOs. Um, I only played three games because it was really late when I unlocked it yesterday. You told me earlier that apparently there's a trick to play in widescreen mode. Because mm. then I see more and it makes so much sense. Because what happened to me was basically I got stunned by every attack. Because you get full PvP, you get to choose all your skills and the specializations and stats and everything. So obviously people go for stuns and just mm. debuffs. So I was permanently stunned for like seconds. And and I died lots. Mm. I also killed somebody, so that was that was nice. But yeah, I felt like I just need to play around more with my class and see mm. what I can do and probably watch some guides and, and everything. But it does make sense now that you said it, because I felt like people know why I am, but I don't know where they are. And, and there's no minimap, so how could they know? Yeah, yeah. But apparently they saw. <laughs> yeah, so, so for those who don't know, um, basically there is a trick. Um, you force your game into widescreen mode, and that lets you see further to the left and to the right of the screen, compared to people who are playing just a normal 16 by 9 resolution because they implemented so they implemented widescreen not really all that great so um if uh, if a, if there's a player uh, playing against a person um like if, if there's a 23 by 9 right that's widescreen uh playing against a 16 by 9 wide, widescreen person the one on widescreen they can just they will just be able to see the other person whereas they won't be able to see the widescreen player which is really cheeky <laughs> And annoying. Yeah. Yeah. I still had fun though, so I'm, I'm definitely gonna play more PvP. That's good. I don't think it's fun. That's <laughs> main objective. Yeah. What What do you get as rewards for doing PvP? You get tokens, and then it's another currency because there are like a bajillion currencies in the game. Of course, yeah. And you can you can exchange them at the vendor, but I haven't actually gone mm, to one okay. yet, so I I have no clue what you get. But you get tokens. Gotcha. And I think this is the last game we have on this list, but uh, how's the Pokemon, Carrie? Oh, yeah, that, that was just... A, I mean, I said quick for the other one, too, but... Um, <laughs> <laughs> I spent the, the last weekend at my in-laws, so I don't have a PC there. I can't bring my PC, so I brought the Switch. And I played some more Pokemon, and I've, I've played for 20 hours now. And still, I love this new style of Pokemon, which is just the open world. And it's not just about catching everything, but also about 
watching different attacks or using a, a strong attack or an agile attack and just all the side quests like I could have been so much further advanced in the story but I do all the side quests and I get distracted and then there's a new Pokemon over there and I haven't I haven't completed the Pokedex for this one yet and again then I go over there and it's, it's really cool you know what I that kind wanted of to mention that again reminds me of Kind of the way, um, I don't know, did you play Research Story, the demo? Uh, during no, the last I didn't. Steam Fest? It's kind of the same for that game as well. Like, it's, it's basically like, like that, because um, like, you need to observe stuff in the wild, and then you need to interact with it to learn more about it, and then you need to start farming it to learn more about it, and then you need to interact with it while farming to learn even more about it and same with plants like you observe them in the wild and then you have to like grow them on your farm to learn more about them that sort of stuff it feels like it scratches almost the same itch just that it's also it pokemon sounds similar yeah absolutely i just really nice. liked it it feels so much different than the other pokemon games i might have to play that at some point in time <laughs> i recommend it yes i say that as somebody who's not a pokemon person yeah, I've not played a Pokemon game since... I'm pretty sure I've never finished a game other than Red, Yellow, and Blue, so... Mm. I I sunk a bajillion hours into Pokemon X, but that was during the time I was literally traveling through Japan uh, with another person who had uh, the Y edition, so we we... I don't know. that It was sort of like the game that we played like in the evenings when we were like... In, in our rooms after having like run around Japan all day for like 12 hours or 14 hours straight. And we were like, you know, we had just eaten like dinner. It was like really late at night, but not yet bedtime. So we'd play a little bit of Pokemon and that sort of stuff. And we would go to some of the poker centers and we got some of the, um, uh, the, the, the rare Pokemons that you can get, like shinies that you could get. Cause that was like 3DS era. So you'd um, also collect like, you know, cause they, they have the, they had that networking thing where you could collect like, other people's like id and it would like tell you where they're from and you could like complete maps and that sort of stuff so it was like sort of a little bit of a of a of a special thing really and i tried into to get into like the one that came after that but i just couldn't but maybe maybe uh maybe this one this this non-main yeah, series one might be it it just works completely different yeah and i think that is what makes it good mm it actually reminds me what you were saying about Pokemon X and Y was um, mum asked me all these years ago, like, what did I want for Christmas? And I said, oh, I'll get Pokemon X or Y. She heard X and Y, so I actually got both copies of the game. Oh. <laughs> uh, never finished it. Barely mm. played it because I started and was like, nah, this 3D-ness is... Like, I, I don't know all the Pokemon. I, you know... Um, I, I I got very crotchety and very what what was what was wrong with the old uh, the old one fifty one you know mm. can't even pronounce yeah. half these names. I have yeah. to say that the the new Pokemon they're just weird. I might probably sound like an old person now, but yeah, the first generation and only so many looks ideas. really cool. The second generation is still cool, but then they get just cuter and weirder and like i've got the feeling that the new ones are just for babies really <laughs> no seriously they're, they're just they're just odd 
Okay. Like the starter so, Pokemon's even in the new one. They're just, what is this? The only Pokemon game I ever actually enjoyed playing, and I've played a couple over the years, is Pokken, which is Tekken with Pokemon, where you push the <laughs> button and the guy punches. And frankly, I'll play another Pokken if they ever made another Pokken, but I doubt they'll ever make another Pokken. So I would just like to take this moment to remind everybody, Pokemon is a kid's game. It's made for kids. Designed no, for kids. You saying it's it's fueled it. it's fueled by nostalgia, and that's so where its moneymaker is. You saying that they're for babies is actually not wrong. Ah, oh, yeah, is for Probably kids. All for this. Um, that being said, every now and again, I still play through the Putt Putt Adventures games on Steam. So, you know, lots of things are for kids. Um, but that's and not we can make that. the adult decision that we still enjoy those things because we're adults. Yes. Ha. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Yeah. Legos for kids. I like. There's one, two, exactly, three, four, yeah. Six, seven, eight, nine, ten yeah, Lego, Lego kits next So, I don't know. Exactly. Yeah. You know, it's also for kids. News, and that's what we're gonna do next. So we're gonna go to a quick break, and when we come back, we're gonna talk about the kind of light news week. But you know, we say that and give us another forty minutes. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> we'll be back right after this short break. Hi, this is the Holocene Frequency Podcast, and I am Belanar. You couldn't hear me in this episode, but stick around for the future episodes for some soothing rolling Rs. Meanwhile, hop over to the twitch.tv slash Belanar for some building management and strategy games, plus all kinds of variety. Come say hi, and let's go on with the show. And we are back! I hope that you enjoyed that short break, and we are here to talk about the news. So I'm just going to like dive into the the, the first kind of news topic of the week, which is um, Razer decided to make more streaming equipment. Um, so they, they've made themselves a audio mixer. Now, I, I haven't touched this thing. I haven't used this thing. Um, but uh, I, I was kind of poking around and reading some reviews about it. Um, and it's, it's, it's very simple functionality. You know, you got four channels. You got mute buttons for all those channels you got a microphone mute button and a curse button um which has like a little expletive on it which is kind of funny um so you either have like permanent mute or like momentary mute um the biggest kind of issue i've seen with this thing is it it doesn't have a lot of the features that the go xlr which is i think kind of the default um specialized mixer for streaming that a lot of people use which i think multiple people in this call use um so it it doesn't have some of those some of the features that it does, which is like the the it doesn't have the motorized um uh what what dials uh yeah, and yeah. It, you have to use the Razer Synapse software to use it. It's the only software it's compatible with. Um, the Razer Synapse software is notoriously awful, um, and there isn't an alternative. But it is cheaper than the Go XLR at least here. Um, so there is so that. It is not cheaper than the Mini. It's the same yes. price as the Mini. It's basically the Go XLR Mini, just by Razer. <laughs> to a degree. It's, no, yeah. it's, it's got the exact same things that the Mini has, because the Mini hasn't doesn't have any of the effects buttons or the loop buttons or anything like that. It's it's basically the same. But 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 the Mini doesn't require the Razer Synapse software. No, it just requires the Go XLR proprietary software. <laughs> Which I don't. Is that better than? The Synapse, because I have, like, such a bad taste in my mouth from using Razer Synapse from trying to, like, tell my it, keyboard to change colors. 
It's not such a resource hog, a resource hog as like any of those proprietary like hardware apps that I've uh, or like apps that I've used like you know Logitech G Hub or the Myonix or the Corsair or whatever. It's not it's not that bad. And um, GoXR actually the people are uh, Helicon. They're they're really good about like responding to like issues and helping you bug fix and that sort of stuff. They have had some some uh updates update rollouts that have been a bit buggy but the software itself actually is pretty dang good um what, what, what i will say about this thing looking at its features is um i'm using a zoom 140 or 44u which uh has almost identical features to this thing and costs uh 99 instead of 249 mm. granted it doesn't have any fancy lights on it but it has no proprietary software it's plug and play so yeah I'd, I mean, that's all I, I'll say. I guess. Yeah, no, no, I totally understand. Um, like, I, I think it is. This is attractive to the same crowd to who the Go XLR Mini is attractive. It's basically because mm -hmm. it's it's comparable. It's quite comparable. Um, just that it says Razer instead of Helicon Gaming. Um, I think I, the main I use have, case for this is for people who are already in the Razer ecosystem, and there's actually yeah. a large number of those people. Yeah, absolutely. So um, if, you're, if you already like and use the Razer Synapse software and you're looking to buy a, uh, a Vexilar input, thing, yeah. yeah, it does make sense, yeah. I can yeah. see the, the logic there, but outside of that, it's just, I guess it's another one of those devices. Yeah, I mean, it's good that we're getting more because more means competition, which means innovation. Because um, Go, the Go XLR was kind of really the first thing, and now we're getting, you know, there is there's this, there's the, the beacon mixer already, so that's good. Competition is good. Um, that said, I, I do still really like my Go XLR. Uh, really, 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 really would want one with like double the audio channels though. Cause, cause the one thing that's really, really awesome about the Go XLR and not sponsored by the way, just pointing that out is how easy it makes it to set up a two PC setup. Like you need two cables and that's it. And that is, that is basically the easiest way to do a 2pc setup um but i want more audio channels so go xlr version 2 please come with like eight voice like eight eight town channels that would be amazing give me a sliders because <laughs> you have yeah. more channels yeah they have more channels but they only have four sliders but i want more oh, yeah, channels yeah. on sliders well, i get yeah. that I've, yeah. I've encountered the same issue actually yeah yeah because i would love to have my headphones on a slider I would love to have the music on a slider, the game on a slider, the alerts on a slider, yeah, same. Discord voice call on a slider, and yeah, they're already. <laughs> I need double the amount of sliders, ideally. <laughs> but if you have enough sliders, then uh, you can have a KK slider as well. Um, See, I was thinking sliders to TV show. <laughs> I, I, I was trying to think of anything that could like match with sliders on that, but. It's good to see more competition in the space. Uh, it's absolutely, 100%. Absolutely. I agree. Yep. Well, now, what, what I really want, and this is my brain talking, is I want a fully open source streamer audio mixer where you can buy your own parts and build it with a soldering iron. Let's go. Um, but uh, all, all of that being <laughs> said, let, let's go from super closed source proprietary systems to open broadcasting software, which is now on Steam. Yeah. Yeah. But it doesn't have any achievements. It's sad. They, they, they need a, a, an achievement for starting a stream, for making a scene. Like, yeah, yeah. I mean, for X amount of hours. Sources. <laughs> so somebody in this audience, go 
over to their closed source to over to the 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 the, the GitHub page for uh, OBS and uh, add some achievements to this thing. Because this is official. This isn't someone who's forked it and put it up out extra. This is just a, a new distribution platform. That's all it is. It's just a, a new means of distribution for open broadcasting software. Yeah. yeah. The one thing I've apparently that I've heard, I can't verify this because I just have it as a download and whatnot. Um, just installed as a, as a standalone app. Um Apparently, it's really difficult to go to previous versions of it uh, on here. But then at the same time, I can't you? I, I haven't I haven't tried this out. I just heard that somebody like um, in the streamers may complain about this. But couldn't you just go back into um, like other versions of the software and just roll back like that? But apparently, that's yeah. Or at least it's it more complicated to do it or something. It would depend on whether they allowed it within the um, the the various branches as well. Yeah, um, exactly. Yeah. That that would be something that need to be set up. And of course, that seems incredibly strange to actually have as a complaint, given it's only just come out. Chances are the the repository doesn't have the uh, the older things. Yeah, definitely not right now. Yeah, absolutely. And managing. Managing older branches is always a, a bit of a pain as well, so... Oh, yeah, of course, yeah, yeah absolutely. But if but... I recall, there's third parties that, that host the old repositories as well. So that's absolutely, probably I think where so, they're yeah. talking about it being a little bit, um, little bit more difficult, I guess. Yeah, the question is just how you would access them with a the Steam version, but, I mean, it's just great, like, it's, a, it's, a, it's an easy-to-grab place for people that don't necessarily know how to where to get it from and it's a safe place to gra grab it from as well because it's just steam you know and you just go to the steam store and type in obs studio and it's right there to grab exactly um, makes makes the entry level a lot a lot easier yeah yeah and uh yeah it's not the i mean have you actually gotten it from steam now no no yeah because I, I, I have OBS on my streaming PC anyway, so... Yeah. I don't have Steam on that PC, so... I'll just use it this way. <laughs> yeah, no, I've already got it installed, and I, I don't know whether or not changing would, would change all of, you know, the settings, whether you'd have to How set it everything behave, up again. How it would behave, right? Yeah, yeah. Too. If you were to get it from Steam now. But, no, I mean, it's, it's just cool that, you know, people can grab it, and... And it's there. And, uh, yeah, I mean, it's kind of cool that, 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 that Steam... I mean, I know it's always been also a place for software, to, like, distribute software on it, but it's cool that it's, like, diversifying that a little bit more as well with, like, gaming-adjacent things, I suppose. It's well, pretty nice. Especially yeah. with, completely, with completely free software as well, you know? Steam's a yeah. business that, that needs to make money, and hosting absolutely free software, I think, is really cool because, again, there's nothing in it for them. Good point. I just Good want point. to have more ways to remind people that open broadcasting software, OBS, is the uh, best way to stream and yeah. not slobs. So yes. the more accessible OBS is, is the better. True. Didn't they Absolutely. remove OBS from that? Isn't it now Streamlabs uh, broadcasting or something? I have no uh, idea. I thought so, but I don't know. They 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 got a little bit called out. And... Oh yeah, absolutely. No, absolutely they did. did I just yeah. I just don't know if the change has actually already happened, or if people are still using 
slobs. It was oh, light no, stream that caused problems, wasn't it? It was the that's the, how it started. The, yeah. Yeah, basically, light, light the stream literally like copy pasted the OBS website. <laughs> was no, 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 no. It that. was it was a tool that that handled um, rendering for. TikTok and uh, the other one, uh, YouTube Shorts. So it was a tool that basically enabled it to render it in the different resolution for those. Yeah, and they, they, they took that. Yeah, it, it was literally word for word. And then when that came out, um, yeah, OBS also said, hey, um, yeah, they did this to us too. So mm. Streamlabs kind of had to speak about both both points i mean it's it. it's and the thing is it's not even just that they the the whole like you know bit cup that that's originally by maxi um that they just took that too and then yeah, what uh, happened to maxi by the way <laughs> i think that maxi still still around it, I, I don't I think it's maxi gone. Went away. No, yeah, I i'm in the so. process i'm in the process of shifting everything away from streamlabs you know a lot yep, same all that as well I've been in that process yeah. for years. Fun fact, um, Maxi actually, just just interject, um, they actually worked with the Exhibitions Rome people on their Twitch extension for like the bit interaction and the audience interaction. And um, it was a really good extension. Like yeah, really good. I made the game so engaging for chat oh i know i know i keep talking about it but I, I i basically already decided in january and and i've talked about this on this podcast so many times how hard it is for me but i basically decided in january of 2022 what my game of the year 2022 is <laughs> that game was that good um but anyway <laughs> it's obs <laughs> I just, I just want to say thank, thank you to you for uh, keeping that topic going because I just had to deal with a cat puking in the background. So, oh good, jump oh good, up and run into the other room and clean up some vomit. So, yeah, I He's have a, a cat, cat too. Just I, yeah, old. <laughs> <laughs> ah, look, sometimes you got to have a tactical vom in the corner. <laughs> Ta tactical stomach emptying um but uh some on the, on the topic of something that has nothing to do with emptying one's stomach onto the floor of my apartment um cd project red uh is seems to be ditching the red engine which has been their proprietary engine that they've used for forever um which uh cyberpunk ran, ran runs in uh witcher 3 wild hunt runs in witcher 2 and witcher 1 are all uh powered by um, so they are, they've signed a deal with Epic and are moving to Unreal. Um, so whatever they do next is going to be on Unreal. Now, they have confirmed and clarified that this does not mean that their next main project, which is going to be a Witcher thing, um, is going to be uh, exclusive to Epic, because the second you say Unreal, everybody goes, oh no, Epic! you're going to be exclusive to Epic. Ah! But like, no, yeah. I mean, if if they were going to make a project that was exclusive to something, it would be gone. It would yeah, it would be it would be good old games, which would be financial suicide for them. Yes. So, um, because GOG has never like had that level of market share, um, so it's not going to be exclusive. But they are partnering to use uh, Unreal technology, and they have confirmed that um, their new logo is a cat. It's a lynx. It's a lynx. Yeah. So, Witcher Three Cat Headphones Edition. <laughs> Let's go. 
there there's some very fascinating ca um, um um fan theories actually about it that already exist before this this image even appeared like of some characters like because there, there's apparently some references and whatnot and characters maybe potentially moving on and then resurrecting the school of the cats as a school of the links and all that sort of stuff but yeah i mean top being on topic with this and not that deep diving into like witcher lore um i am honestly not surprised after cyberpunk and all of the issues the engine had and this is this is the engine that brought to you like characters falling through the floor cars just randomly exploding driving around wherever exploding um, tree texture on everything yeah weird <laughs> texture bugs rendering bugs like characters completely glitching out getting getting turned inside out also uh remember roach on the roof who remembers that from witcher 3 and like all of that sort of stuff so mm -hmm. <laughs> i i am in favor of them moving away from like the engine development side of things and just focusing on like actually delivering a good game this time around and and like because now now they have an engine where if there are an issue that can be like, yo, here, how can we, like, we need help to fix this in, like, Unreal. And, you know, all the Unreal people, they're, like, you know, like, stuff is, like, there. And they, they have, like, really competent people working on the engine. Because, to be fair, Unreal 5 looks, whoo, good, uh, Unreal right? 5 is a real good engine. And yeah. it's made by people in a mall. Yeah, yeah, I mean. See, this is the thing is. for me, though. This is the thing for me. It seems to me as though there's a lot of diversity within engines that are being that is being removed as time goes on. In the past year, we've had some quite some big names announce that they're shifting from their custom engine to to um, Unreal or Unity. Mm. And you know, I, I kind of wonder if the um, the homogeny of of engines will wind up stifling development and, and, and a little bit from that sense. You know, whether or not people it start comparing things too much. I think it depends on how people handle engines because some people can can do magical... Obviously, yeah, you get all of the Unity asset, asset flips, right? That's the one, like, end of this. Like, they just buy... They have the engine that they get. They buy the assets from the store, slap them together, and then you get an asset flip. That's absolutely terrible. But there are some every, people every who major can, engine with an asset store is it's like that about, exactly yeah Unity, but yes yeah um but there are some people that can also at the same time just create absolute magic with those those engines um and and if those people can then like i i, I don't know i i totally get what you mean but at the same time i think it's like it it seems like it would be a really awesome thing if um those people instead of having to like work on like cracking a custom engine to get something they're just like force feeding it into the custom engine if they if they can just like just utilize this engine that's already tried and tested where there's precedence where they can look at like you know things that are available to to like handle their problem i don't know like I I, th I, I want to say this is going to be a good thing. As Definitely, at least for, for, for this Witcher game, I think. In, in a world where Tarkov and 
Hearthstone both run in Unity? I don't know if that's necessarily the same level of concern. I mean, like, yes, there, there are some engines out there that have a lot of restrictions, and I think, like, Game Maker is one of those. Um, but when it comes to, like, the the big guns these days, I mean, nothing runs well on Frostbite, so EA Games is definitely in a better place to switch off of Frostbite. Um, <laughs> and obviously, like, Cyberpunk I kind of, I think, got away from... CD project in a lot of ways. Um, yeah, absolutely. Like, you know, if you have a dong slider, give your dongs physics so they don't stick through clothing, please. Just st stuff like that. It's just, to, 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 to a degree, I think this is a positive change for them. Um, I would like to see more engines be in development. I would like to see more open source engines. For one thing, uh, I, I, I would like to see new options for indie devs um, that isn't just going with Unreal or Unity or Game Maker or Gadot. Um, but yeah, I think that's the thing that I've been noticing too. It's like um... games are expensive and they're too expensive to develop your own big expensive engine for if you're just one studio. Yeah. Well, it's also that a lot of people tend to misconstrue what the engines do and what they're for. Um, you know, in my in my long and storied past, I've worked on the MMO Worm Online, which um, runs its own custom engine because back in 2003, there wasn't really much choice. And um, we, get, we used to get so many requests of people saying, oh, you should, you know, port the game to Unity or Unreal. And it's like, you know, that would do nothing, right? You know, <laughs> you've... You, 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 it, it just doesn't make sense and in order to develop a game completely within within unity or swapping engines it doesn't guarantee that it's going to look like those those unity games that that come out that everyone thinks are amazing and so yeah that's that's where i kind of look at that and think well perhaps that somewhere along the line there should be you know, more accessible engines, but also more understanding from people what the engines mean as well. I mean, an engine is basically just your framework, and then what you do with that engine, that's on you, right? Exactly, so... exactly. You know, you can have a really crappy-looking game on any engine. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Because, I mean, like, we are, we've all seen the... Uh, the assets and the asset flips like and you know certain assets that just pop up everywhere you know that you can yeah that you just you just can you can just pick them out and that's fine but like it, it really yeah two massive problems with this industry right now asset flips and massive studios that refuse to put out new games um rockstar games has uh announced uh, GTA Plus, which is a $6 a month subscription for Grand Theft Auto 5 online um, because apparently they just don't want to, you know, make Grand Theft Auto 6 ever. Do, oh, do, God. Do, do we have anything to say about this or is this just like a... <laughs> I, I said this earlier offline, but I think, I think it actually bears repeating because at this point GTA 5 is 9 years old right it's it's almost it's almost 10 10 years and so the highest earning piece of media in existence 
Yeah, and and it reminds me just so much of Skyrim because just I don't know earlier this month, last month, GTA Five came out with like you know a version for the new console. So, are there more editions of Skyrim or are there more editions of GTA Five nowadays? I don't like Skyrim. <laughs> But Skyrim doesn't have boatloads of microtransactions, uh, literal casinos, and also doesn't have... Um, Cheaters, hackers, multiplayer... GTA also does not have DLC horse armor. And, <laughs> well, I don't think... G does GTA 5 have horses? No, I that's Red Dead Redemption. Exactly. Also, Grand Theft Auto V does not have um, Thomas the Tank Engine <laughs> dragons. So yeah. I think Skyrim's probably got, probably it's the probably got something Thomas the Tank Engine though. Probably, let's not, yeah. Let's not they, go. They too have the far. officially licensed Thomas the Tank Engine. <laughs> it's just Look, so crazy. I think for me, this is like totally just a random tangent that just popped into my head. GTA V was one of those. One of those very first big games of which, like, the launch I watched on, on Twitch. Like, it was one of those big games that, like, suddenly everybody played. And it's, like, the first of those very big games that I, like, actively remember as my career as, like, a Twitch user. And that's mental that was almost 10 years ago now. <laughs> <laughs> you see, you oh. say that the first big game I remember watching a lot in live streams was Borderlands 2009. I watched Gassy mm. Mexican and C-Nanners playing that on Ustream, I think. Oh, I remember Ustream, yeah. But uh, kind of a... Null point there. I just I, I feel like it's worth mentioning just because it popped yeah, up no, right when we were writing yeah. down notes and also what the heck, Rockstar. Um just go make Grand Theft Auto Six already, please. Yeah, just let leave it leave it. And maybe maybe also, and I think those people would really appreciate it. Do a little bit for Red Dead two online instead. I'm beginning to think maybe that one of the R's in George R. R. Martin is Rockstar. <laughs> <laughs> i mean he acts like one on if you ever look at his instagram but um, yeah sure but like you know never actually getting around to continuing a series is you know that, that that's what it is it's george rockstar red dead martin <laughs> but um you know george, you george R. R. martin uh had his tendrils in elden ring um which is developed by from software uh, who developed a game called Bloodborne, which is never going to get a PC port. So fans oh, went and made a PS1 uh, port, uh, and that, and the creator of uh, that uh, fan game, uh, that's the first couple levels of, or first area, I think, of Bloodborne, um, has announced probably my favorite fan creation I've ever mm -hmm. seen, which is a Bloodborne cart. Um so I very much recommend going and watching that trailer because the music slaps and uh, that trailer hits real hard. Um, there, there will be a link to the Reddit thread uh, where I saw that uh, in so the description of this podcast. I've not, I've not seen the trailer, but I did see this the image, and it was, it's pulled straight from Akira. It's great, isn't it? 
it's it's so weird to me to see how often there was there was an article I read a while ago about how Akira the like the I think it was late 80s or early 90s anime movie um so many games and shows have used that shot of him walking up to the up to the bike and it's just so funny to see it again in something so completely different that's got like you know it's not even like six degrees of separation to akira it's literally just completely different mm-hmm. it's cthulhu nightmare land instead of like technological nightmare land right <laughs> exactly what's really the difference yeah, the, the, one's just money and the other is cosmic horror the fun the fun thing with uh Bobborn card is that this actually started as like a um their april fools joke from last year and then everybody was like yes 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 and now it's actually happening <laughs> i can't wait to play this I, this is going to be the first from software adjacent thing i've played in a very long time <laughs> well, the but question I, is, is from software going to shut it down? Well, why? No, because it's going to, the, like, they haven't done it with the other one, first of all. And it's not like this is going to be a paid thing, right? Is this, this is just If somebody... anybody shuts this down, it'll be Sony, not from Yeah, Soft. I think I... so too, yeah, yeah. Uh, also, on that note, just real quick, I know this is, like, super tangent and, like, we talked about which games we're playing, like, an hour ago, but Elden Ring is really good. Let me just say that real quick, like, on a, on a side <laughs> note. <laughs> and, 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 and with that being said, uh, um, if you want to get more episodes of this podcast, you can find that at halcyonfrequency.com. And normally we have a, uh, a segment where we answer some questions from our Discord, which can be found over on halcyonfrequency.com. If you just scroll down to the bottom, there's a, a link to the, the Discord. Just agree to the rules and don't say any bad words. And then you're in, and there's a room where you can talk about podcast topics, and there's a room where you can ask us questions. But because this is kind of a celebration episode, uh, because we have a, a, a new member uh, on, on the team now, who's Arch, who's been here the whole time, um, we're, we're going to just kind of leave that one until next week. So if you have any questions, jump into that room and uh, ask us some questions and we'll answer them on next week's episode. Uh, if you'd like to find more episodes of the podcast, you can do that on the Halcyon Frequency website under the podcast tab. Uh, you can go listen to the whole backlog there. Of course, we're also available on podcast platforms of your choice. Um, and if we're not available somewhere, please tell me and I will make the podcast show up there. Although nobody's actually told me to make the podcast show up everywhere. So I'm assuming that everybody just listens to podcasts on Spotify now. Bah. Anyway, mm. we're there too. No, I do. So, Spotify, um, Google, Apple, they're usually the big Spotify, ones. Google, Apple, Stitcher, Overcast, Podbean, blah, 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 blah. there's a lot of them. Um, I, mm. we're, we're on like 40 different podcast platforms at this point. So, Also, if you really want to help us out and you happen to own an Apple device, leave us a review. Please. We need those. They're hard to get. Please. It's like pulling teeth. And if you listen somewhere else that isn't iTunes and uh, you, you, you want to help us out, leave us a review there if they allow you. Or just follow us on Spotify. Um, so let's just start at the top here and say, Kiri... Where can people find you? You can find me on Twitch, YouTube, Instagram, Twitter, Patreon as 2D Kiri. And that, that'd be cool. See you there. Arch, where can people find you? Um, usually hanging around the back of a coffee shop. Um, Twitch as Arch Plays Stuff. And yeah, I think uh, Twitter is Arch Plays Stuff. I haven't checked lately.
And uh, FG, where can people find you and your stuff? Yeah, hi, I'm FG. Um, you can find me everywhere as FG Squared, Twitch, YouTube, Instagram, Patreon, except over on Twitter, there's a pesky underscore between the FG and the Squared. And that's me. And I'm blind and I'm waiting for Elden Ring cart. And, uh, <laughs> or maybe I'm waiting to race around the Elden Ring uh, in Bloodborne cart. I doubt they'll let us do that. Anyway, um, I I like cart racers, okay? Uh, I'm blind <laughs> and you can find me on twitch.tv slash B-L-I-N-D-I-R-L. You can find me on uh, YouTube under the same handle and Patreon under the same handle and Twitter under the same handle. And I've actually been tweeting again, which is, again, still out of character for me. So we'll see if that continues. Um, and once again, if you want to find more episodes of this podcast, halcyonfrequency.com. Um, I think this is where we all just say goodbye until this, it's either that or this cat's going to try and eat me. So, um, I I (laughs) thank everybody for listening to this episode. Uh, it goes live every Sunday. So if you, if, if you just listen to this one, we'll see you next week. Next week. Indeed. Bye. So then bye. 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 He's he's literally eating my hand right now. Ow.